What's up, guys? Welcome back to Movie Schmovie, episode 99. Ooh. My name is Steve. I'm Ronald. And I'm by myself, apparently. I'm Ronald. No. <laughs> I'm John. No, I was just sitting here thinking about the fact that, you know, every episode of Movie Schmovie has had a zero at the beginning of it mm-hmm. until next, next yeah, episode. This next, yeah. next week, man. You believe This is it? the last one with a zero in Shh. front of it. It's also the last one in the 90s, so I was wondering, do you want to do any pop tunes for us this oh, week, man. Ronald? I'm just going to name the top 10 songs of 1999. All right. According to? According to musicoutfitters.com. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? <laughs> oh, this, okay, is this those, from Billboard? Yeah, it's taken from Billboard. Okay, good, good. All right. Believe by Cher is number one. You believe in love, 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 love. No Scrubs by TLC. Angel of Mine by Monica. Uh, Heartbreak Hotel by Whitney Houston. Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Kiss Me by... Sixpence Expe- None, the Re- None the Richer? Yeah, what the fuck? I, I figured you might want some help on that one. You were going to say Sixpence I'm, None the Respirator? Yeah. I've never heard of Sixpence. You've heard the song, though. Oh, okay. I'm sure you have. Every Morning Kiss by Sugar me. Ray. <laughs> Nobody's Supposed to Be Here by Deborah Cox. And number 10, Living La Vida Loca. Wait, you did them in reverse? Uh, by Ricky Martin, yeah. That was number 10, was Living La Vida Loca? Yeah. Number so number 10. one was Believe by Cher? Yeah. Wow. Remember, that was like that was like. A I know, but that's like when hit. I graduated from high school. I don't remember. I mean, I definitely remember Cher being like ridiculously popular, but. I just remember the commercials. I just yeah. remember the commercials. They're hear. still around. That movie, yeah. that song is so. God damn. Licensed or whatever. Yeah. Wow. Oh, shit. Insane, man. I, I don't know why I did one to 10. Yeah, very odd. Very odd. You kind of just blew it out right there. Ronald, you know, I really don't think you're strong enough now. Uh, do you believe in life after love? No? I do. You do? Do you guys believe that after the beginning of the year, that's when the studios put out their shittiest movies for I the do. first four months of the I year? Do. That's actually a fact. <laughs> that, that's a, that's that a fact. Yes, John. <laughs> uh, what if I put a vocoder on that? Will it sound really cool? <laughs> do you believe the movies are right. a shitty, <laughs> a shitty? Hey, make sure you have the echo. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude. Especially coming off the last episode, we were like just falling all over ourselves. All trying over to name ourselves. All so many great films. And now we get to talk about. Well, I mean, we're going to basically give a little bit of a preview here. I guess this would. What was, this is winter slash this early is like spring. First, first, uh, trimester. first quarter. First trimester. First trimester. Yes. Right, right. Sorry. First trimester of 014. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go through and each name a pick for January, February, March, and I believe, let me check. April. Yeah, yeah, that's what the next one. After that, yes. Uh, which will get us right to the point where we, we'll probably I'm start talking. I'm familiar with that pattern. I've noticed that before. Yeah, that it goes March, April, April. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where we will <laughs> get right to the point before. Yeah. We probably get excited for films. Right. But just for you guys, we actually picked four films each for one for each month mm-hmm. that uh, that we're looking forward to. Uh, if you don't mind, guys, I'll I'll kick it off. Uh, for January, this is the film that actually... We're already had... so deep in January with this episode that we may have missed some of these. But... Well, I mean, it's it's almost timed right. I mean, mm-hmm. depending where you are, this film might be coming out now. This is a movie that got a little bit of release earlier in the year, and I only heard about it through reading of uh, Quentin Tarantino's top films of the year uh. of 2013. And this is an Israeli film called Big Bad Wolves. Yes, I which, read about this. It does sound interesting. Which is, is actually, I think, getting a, its U.S. release in uh, on the... Would have been, I guess, last week... The 17th, and it may be coming to you now uh, by the time you're you're listening to this, but um, this is basically a film uh, that Tarantino loved, which is enough for me. I'll mm-hmm. give it a shot at that, especially in January, con- considering oh, yeah. what else is coming Shit, sure. out. But um, 
basically it's just a, a, a story that brings a father, a, a, a police officer, and and, and, a, and a suspect. I've heard that it, uh, someone referred to it as being kind of like the dark comedy version of Prisoners. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. You got me, John. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, there's a series of murders, and, and this father and, and, a, and a cop have what they think to be the, the, the killer or the, you know, the serial killer. Um, you know, and he's like a religious studies teacher and uh, apparently it's just supposed to be fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, torture, revenge, thriller, beating, you know, somebody to a bloody pulp. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. That's the way you feel in January. <laughs> that, that's what that's I want to do in January. January. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it look it looks cool. The trailer is really slick. It looks like it's kind of got like that fun kind of slick edit style to it that would maybe attract uh, a Tarantino or, or a fan of, of films of his such. But uh, yeah, I will definitely be seeking out Big Bad Wolves uh, for this month of January. Okay. Um, my pick is I like rom-coms, man. What you got? That awkward moment. I like it. I mean, that was a bit yeah. my other one. It's my beak. So, uh, do we have to talk about the story? Okay, Mikey. Mikey, uh, played by Michael B. Jordan, just broke up with a girl, crushed him. Mm. So, he makes a decision with a couple of friends that they're just going to remain single. Miles Teller, Zach Efron, they're saying, I'm going to be single. And then that idea starts to crumble. Wait, does hilarity ensue? (laughs) Hilarity ensues. I would guess it probably does, right? When the other guys start to get girls. And he's like, what the fuck's going on? I thought mm-hmm. we made a pact. I feel like that was used in a lot of uh, mid-90s to early 2000s. Let's make a pact. Yeah. Yeah, a there's pact. pacts. <laughs> there's like, you, you, you pinky swear something, and then you got a whole premise for a movie right Yeah. There. We should come up with a pact. The three of us should come up with a we pact should. right now. I promise. Um, I'm not going to. I'm really fed up with. Uh, help me out here, Ronald. I'm really fed up with. Uh, Mad Libs me. I'm just going to leave you a blank here. Um, I'm, I'm. John is fed up with. Fucking movies with. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. being Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fed up with watching. But I don't know that. We, I don't know what he's got coming up down the pot. I don't know that we can like. If we boycott Robert Downey Jr. movies, what does that mean? We're skipping what this year? I'm well, not, you immediately regret that. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Maybe right. I'll regret. I don't know. Until I see him in the night. I'm fed up with uh, AMC's, the bumpers they show in front of all their movies already, with the weird little bouncing red balls that, mm. that are talking and stuff. I'm fed up with that, that shit. Sounds... You should hold on to that for next year's Bah Humbug episode. Uh, actually, I honestly thought, I wish I had remembered that for the Bah Humbug episode, because I do think that those things have gotten increasingly ridiculous. <laughs> And it now offends me that there's these huge productions with all the computer graphics and everything, and it's really just designed to make you know that the movie... Here come the trailers! Uh, The one thing I do like about those is you always get to see someone really having a ball, pouring a Coke in a really messy way. There's always like a Coke (laughs) that gets poured, and there's ice splashing out and Coke... You know, don't forget to visit your concession stand where they'll be spraying coke at each other. Who does that? (laughs) Who's like... Hold on a second! Let me pour this... You know... (laughs) That's funny. So I guess we didn't successfully pinky swear anything. No, we didn't. That riff didn't go anywhere. I apologize. Well, we tried, man. <laughs> yeah, we did. That might last as long as they're packed in the film. We'll, we'll see. That's true. We'll see. That's true. I'm going to make a pact with you guys that I probably won't see that awkward moment. Oh. But I did. It did For a minute, it was looking like it was going to be my pick just because it was the only movie. Like, I laughed a couple yeah. times at the trailer, and yeah. I thought, okay. But I ended up actually going with um, a movie that I don't even think this movie looks... I don't think you could say it looks good. I'm just intrigued by what it is. And uh, it's a movie called Interior Leather Bar. Interior, period, Leather Bar. 
It's uh, directed it's by uh, James Franco and oh, Travis God. Matthews, and it is a docu. They call it a docu fiction. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, it's a film that sort of like it looks like it's one of those where they're playing themselves yeah. doing what they're doing, but there's an extra layer to it. But there is the 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 William Friedkin movie Cruising from 1980, which was about someone who was murdering men in the kind of leather bar gay scene of New York City of that time, there was supposedly a scene that was edited out of that movie, like a 40-minute segment, which really delved into like what goes on in these S&M clubs. And cruising oh, wow. caught a lot of fire at the time because it seemed to be kind of like depicting a very sensationalized view of what was going on in the gay clubs at the time, which were much more, it's hard to think of it now, but they were so much more underground back then that sure. there really was, like, in people's minds, this mingling of, like, leather bars and sadomasochism and what gay people were doing. And so there was this weird, this this movie Cruising, when it came out, it was seen by a lot of people as something that kind of set the gay movement back because it depicted it as uh. this underworld. But other people, I think myself included, see it now as a movie that, you know, if you know William Friedkin, he's the guy who did The Exorcist and... Um, uh, French Connection. He's a, a movie directed these great gritty films in the '70s, and I think Cruising is, if I were going to say cult classic that everyone should kind of check out that people don't really talk about much anymore, I would definitely check out Cruising. It's Al Pacino, sort of at the height of his Al Pacino ness, doing some pretty crazy, over the top acting. Like if you if you find him kind of amusing and enjoyable, I, I would do. say he's great in this. Well, there's this 40 minute segment that was supposedly edited out of Cruising. Some people say because it was. It was too just scandalous and raunchy. Other people say because it, you know, got too violent or it depicted the. It was too offensive to homosexuals in the sense of the way that it depicted the S and M clubs. Wow. But what this movie is about, this docufiction is about James Franco and his friend Travis Matthews, recreating the legendary forty-minute sequence oh, from Cruising, but not necessarily having a whole movie about them recreating the sequence but more about the implications of being an actor and being asked to appear in a, in a scene where you might be doing some graphic gay sex act but oh, you're not wow. gay and or just what actors go through when they're going through that kind of physically stressful scene or what it's going to mean and you know and it, just from the trailer you get a little snippet of uh, his agent basically saying you will be identified as being having been in a film that will be seen as pornography and you will forever be associated with that now I don't know if that's a line that was written or if that's the actor Travis Matthews I think he's I think the co-director is the other actor in it I'm not totally sure it seems like one of those James Franco kind of experiments mm -hmm. that just might be really interesting to watch and if it gets more attention on cruising which is a very problematic but entertaining movie i would you know i'm, I'm all for that so sure. and actually i think this movie actually came out on the second uh but uh, to me it sounds like a movie that probably came out in new york and la on the second so i don't know when it will make the rounds mm, way. so interior period leather bar period is the name of the film all right uh my pick for february is actually uh the the lego movie uh, this is a movie that's opening on, let's see, February 7th, so right at the beginning of the month. But basically, it's only because, I mean, well, I love animated films. I love the voice cast that's in this film. Chris Pratt, Will Ferrell, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett, Morgan Freeman, Channing Tatum, Liam Neeson, Nick Offerman, Allison Bree, Charlie Day, Jonah Hill, Colby Smulders. Like, what? Wow. But who, else, but who else is in it? Yeah, who, who isn't, really? Yeah. But, yeah, but, but mainly, it's really beyond that. It's because if Phil Lord and Chris Miller are the directors... I love the well, especially the first Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Love Twenty One Jump Street. Excited about Twenty Two Jump Street, but this is just a really iconic kind of just 
thing to do. I oh, think. it just looks super fun. It looks yeah. like a blast. You're talking about Batman being in it, Superman being in it. Just all these iconic, you know, characters as Legos. It just looks really fun. I love that it's beating uh, Batman versus Superman to the theaters. To, to, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it just looks really like self-aware of how much fun this could possibly have been. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like they're going for it. I mean, mm-hmm. and, they, and these guys, in terms of their comedy from other films, whether animated or live action, it seems like they're all about just having fun with what it was before it became this movie. Yeah. Just like in Twenty One Jump Street, tons of tongue-in-cheek jokes, you know, making fun of itself. And I think that is going to be, it, it feels like kind of like a Wreck-It Ralph kind of thing. I was going to say like Wreck-It Ralph or any one of those where you see the concept and you just go, oh, of course, the fact that they can do this. And all those licensed characters, Yeah, th- that just to me seems like such a perfect, I mean, I hate to say this because it sounds like I'm, I'm like marveling at the marketing, but I do think it's amazing when you see like a marketing opportunity that's, that like finds the synergy with something that actually looks legitimately entertaining. I mean, oh, this is this is actually a t- a toy line movie that looks like it's got like a reason to exist. Like there's I think I guess we've all just grown up with Legos and they've always been around so it doesn't seem like a cash grab kind of thing. Yeah. But like Ronald before we started taping tonight you were watching Henry playing the the Marvel oh, superheroes yeah. Lego game. I mean I do think Lego has found this way of kind of wedging themselves in the culture into this perfect cuz kids are g- always going to love them. And grown-ups are never going to stop loving them, you know? Like, if you ever were into Legos, you can't watch someone putting together a Lego set without coming over and kind of... Oh, just getting down there. Let me help you get the pieces here, you know? So, so yeah, it looks super fun. And I would also say I love all the little in-jokes I've seen with just, like, the old-fashioned toy lines, like the the old astronaut character. Yeah. I had so many of that guy, and they seem to be, you know, full-on... Totally. Nostalgia. And, and this is, I mean, there's there's no doubt there's an intent to have a franchise here, and it, it seems like they totally could. Oh, sure. I oh, mean, yeah. the, like you just said, how, how much cohesion you could have of, of all these you know these different toy lines as Legos is just it's endless really and yeah. the marketing is ridiculous you're, yeah. you're right but yeah I can't wait I actually am really excited to no, see the movie and I think so. the look of it is really cool too it the looks, way they, it, looks, it looks like stop motion Legos it looks fun a lot of fun Ron Node mm. by the way uh, Rue, might Mary. be shaping up to be a big year for Chris Pratt that's all I'll say oh definitely definitely um, I don't know much about this movie, but I do like Simon Pegg, and I do like his acting. The oh, Fantastic yeah. Fear of Everything. Yeah, that does look interesting. It looks really interesting. He's a crime novelist who researches a Victorian serial killer that's turned into a paranoid wreck in fear of being murdered. He acts his ass off, so it's 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 a nice idea of seeing him in something new. Always been great. I have like a completely different view of him since The World's End. Yeah. Like, I thought he was incredible in that. And I actually, and that's a movie that just is on that, oh. you know, like in my honor. World's End and This year. Is the End were, were both movies yeah. that I wanted to mention last yeah. week. Yeah, he was great in that. And this kind of seems like it has the same kind of. He was depth great to in it. Mob City. I don't know if yeah, you saw the first episode. Yeah, you he told was me about so that. so good in it. Yeah, I think his his character in World's End really sticks with you in a I way that that it. movie doesn't. He's just one of those presences that I love to. Love to see. Yeah, that's my pick. Um, my pick is a movie that came out last year in England. It was on DVD in England, and I was able to see it last year, but it's actually coming wide. Uh, I don't know if it's going wide, but it's coming. I, I keep saying that as though that's what release is, but going wide. Very few of the films that I'm looking at right here are probably going to have a wide release. But this is a film called A Field in England, which is uh, directed oh. by Ben Wheatley, who uh, pretty much every year he has a movie come out in England, and then the next year it comes out in the United States. So last year his movie Sightseers came out stateside, and oh. it was an English movie from the year before that. Sightseers was a mm-hmm. great film. I look forward to seeing anything that he's done. I actually, having seen this, was sort of, 
oh, I didn't realize that was coming out. I didn't realize that was getting a domestic release. And I checked out the trailer. And the trailer does a really great job of kind of selling the film. It's a psychedelic film set in like the 1640s. It stars a few people you might recognize, but Julian Barrett, who you might re remember from uh, The Mighty Boosh. I don't know if you've ever seen The Mighty Boosh. Yeah, I've but, seen The Mighty Boosh. But, you know, Julian from that, who plays Howard Moon, I believe. He's the, not the one who plays old Greg. He's he's Howard Moon on uh, Mighty Boosh. Is he the brother? He's the guy with the mustache. I think I know you're talking about. But anyway, that like he's in it. So, I mean, there's all these British character actors you will recognize from mm -hmm. other things. But Ben Wheatley, just the way he makes these films is so... I don't know. There's something about his movies that always kind of gets to me. I, I know I've been raving about The Kill List to you guys for, for a long time, and I did think Sightseers was awesome, too. He just does this thing where he mixes genre with dramatic storytelling, and you know the confidence of his uh, filmmaking has always been really impressive. Oh, he, Julian Baird, the, uh, the jazz guy. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So Laurie Rose is his cinematographer who he works with, and they I think they cooked up this movie... I mean, I think this is a movie that sounds kind of like an experiment, and it really sort of is, but it's not that long. It's only about 90 minutes. It's just, yeah, it's very surreal, and, and I, I, I want to call it a horror film. I want to call it kind of like a, it's kind of a period drama, but it's just twisted, and it's in the fashion of movie that Ben Wheatley makes, and I'm always interested to see what he does. And I, I would really be interested to see what the, having seen this, I'm interested to see what the reaction to it is, because it is a, a really kind of fun, challenging in a fun way film i want to see it the one thing i will say is if you can see you know i do think that his movies they they they're, they're very british sometimes you have to really kind of squint in your ears to to make out the dialogue but mm. once you get into the rhythms of it they're they're usually you know they're funny they're fast and and really inventive movies all right my pick for march is uh, actually a movie that i've been hearing a lot about for a while now i know it's played a lot of the festivals like south by southwest and um and it actually stars, speaking of 1999, one of my favorite films of my later high school years, which was Can't Hardly Wait, it is The Return of Ethan Embry. And this is a film called Cheap Thrills with uh, Pat Healy, Sarah Paxson, and also starring David Kutchner. Um, basically about a guy so desperate for money and his buddy. They meet a couple who, I guess, have a lot of money to give away. And basically, and almost like daring them to compete against one another for how much money you can make by doing horrible things. Mm -hmm. Looks darkly comic, very... <laughs> looks insane. Insane. And it looks like it's trying to say a bit about uh, our society. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, no, it really does look... I mean, it's a movie that you almost get... You almost cringe when you're watching yeah. it because you're like, wow, someone's tapping into something. This idea is 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 fucked up. And yeah. like these, this looks like a situation that could go wrong in about... 90 different ways. Have you seen the trailer for it yet? No. Oh, it looks awesome really trailer. Good. I know you sent, you were, yeah. you sent mentioned to it or sent it to us the other day, but yeah, I don't know. I, I it's been around like, uh, you know, on different sites for a while, like literally since it's coming out like a year after it debuted at South by Southwest mm -hmm. last year. Mm. And I've been like keeping up with it and finally coming out here. Um, I just, I'm really, actually it looks like a, like the kind of movie you just want to have a lot of fun watching but it looks like it's dark, like yeah. which sounds awesome. You know what I mean? Like it makes you uncomfortable. Like you're watching Absolutely. it, you're going like, I don't want to see. I mean, because it's the premise is just those. What would you do? would you? Hey, for for a hundred bucks, would you go over and grab that girl's ass, kind of thing? And then escalate, just, yeah, escalate, just, escalate, escalate. And you see, their people are chopping off body parts and being asked to go down on each other or whatever. It's like the movie seems like it really or like cheat on your what? You know, yeah. it's just it's 
yeah, boundaries don't exist. It and seems. it's and it's these two guys who are sort of. De- it looks like it's one guy who's like Ethan Embry plays. Looks like kind of a scuzzy guy who who starts off being into this, and then Pat Healy, who I know we've the, yeah. the, the controversial film uh, The Innkeepers, who both her, him and Sarah yeah. Paxton. Yeah. right. There's funny that they're both in this, but Pat Healy. I mean, even if you didn't like The Innkeepers, I feel like you had to be. Yeah, he was you had, great. You had to think he, he was, was cool. good. Yeah. and he's he's one of those indie actors that pops up in all these really interesting roles, and yeah. I think this looks like a fantastic extension of, of sort of his brand because it yeah. looks unsettling and kind of creepy but it looks like it's got real funny moments for him to play as well absolutely um he's an actor that i enjoy watching a lot so and david ketchner is uh you know it's i love it back to what i was saying last time about will forte playing a dramatic part in nebraska i love it when comedy actors get pegged for these types of parts where you know there may have been a short list of people that could do it but i think ketchner might be just right for this type of like i could see him being like a a you know, a, a millionaire gone bad kind yeah. of character. Like you just want to believe that he's got a he's got a, a dark side to him. So, who? What do we know about the director? Do we know anything about him? Yell Katz. I've never even heard mm. his name before, so I'm not. I, I honestly don't know much about him. Ronald. Um, Marchie, Marchie, Marchie. You googling March films right now? Uh, no, no. Well. <laughs> No, so I, I was thinking about two. I was gonna pick um, the Budapest movie, Grand Budapest Grand, Hotel. Yes, but no, but no, fuck that. I think I know what it is. You know it. I know is. what it is because I was gonna do the same thing and I had the same thing happen. <laughs> Gareth Evans, you fucking piece of Absolutely. shit. Absolutely, you fucking piece of shit. You gonna come out with a great two that looks yeah. better than the first one? Thank you. It looks insane. It looks yeah. elegant and like it looks the same. It look. I mean, it's having loved the first one and then seeing what Gareth Evans did with VHS two. That he's just he's now become one of those directors <coughs> who I sort of, I sort of give my trust to. Oh yeah. And it visually it looks really elegantly put together and it looks like it's got more painful deaths for mm. people and a prison this time and shotguns. I don't know. Yeah. So it's the raid off. to Barandal. Yeah. Is what you're referring to. Looking forward to that. So that's my pick. That's your pick. What yeah. do we know? I mean, I'm almost surprised that movie is... Like, there wasn't a movie like that last year that really surprised me that I loved that ended up being kind of an actioner. You know, there wasn't... like Because that's such a genre piece. Like, I was... I, I don't think there was anything last year that was, like, that well-made and that, that exciting. Yeah. I don't think so. So, so yeah. yeah, I'm definitely queued you, up for this. You... I, I, you watch movies like this and then you realize that every action movie that you've seen in America is bullshit. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in terms of like hand-to-hand combat. I, I mean, some of it is really good, but then, like, I mean most. Yeah. Most of it is really bad. I was actually, I, I went back and watched uh, several Bruce Lee movies really recently, mm-hmm. and I still feel like the action in that is still a lot better than the action I see in a lot of American movies. Just the, the, the hand-to-hand. I mean, I think there's something about it's just like watching an old movie with a car chase in it that's cool. It's like there's something about stunts and hand to hand and real things that nowadays, even when they are doing it with real stuff, you sort of you're like, well, they're digitally removing yeah. some kind of some kind of wires or some yeah. pole or some yeah. There, there's something kind of amazing about just what it used to be, which was let's put the camera down in front of something amazing, yeah, and capture it. Sure. Rather than like, oh, let's make this look like something that would. Yeah, you know, kind like of you had to have too. like a ta- like you had to be sort of something special to be Bruce Lee. You know, yeah. nowadays I got. I mean, I'm sure that actors do train for like combat scenes and stuff. But you could be anyone. It, it, all they got to do is digitally remove the wires, and you can look <laughs> like a badass. But. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give 
I'll give a nod to uh, Grand Budapest Hotel just because that same thing with me. I, that movie was definitely on my radar, but I thought, you know, I want to make Steve proud of me. I don't want to pick Wes Anderson. I don't want to. I would have guessed that both of you. I don't, and or, I don't want you know. a preconceived notion that I'm going to pick it just because uh, it's Wes Anderson or whatever. But I do think that, and this uh, just a little nod back to our conversation about this a uh, few weeks ago, Steve. I do think that when I see a movie like this, I think it looks super enjoyable and super funny. And super fast and like so I'm not looking at it going like oh it's Wes Anderson therefore it must be good but I I do think there's something about going back to the well that you've kind of put that bug in my ear and I look at certain things I think there's certain bands I like that do that and sometimes I don't like it when they yeah, do that and so yeah. I just don't think that you can accuse a guy who's got a weird style necessarily of going back to the well because I don't think Wes Anderson like I think he only knows how to make a Wes Anderson movie I understand. so like I don't think that it feels like a cynical let's just shuffle this around and get some different actors in it like this looks like a different story than one he's told before it definitely looks like it's got the feel of what yeah. he's done before but it looks like it's got like I don't know have you seen the second trailer that's got all no, like, I seen there's the like trailer. a they run down the cast of characters in another trailer and it looks like there's a lot of like like criminals or thieves yeah. or, or thugs in this or something and it's just some, some funny looks like some potentially funny performances from some actors that you know you might expect to see in one of his movies but uh yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited about Grand Budapest Hotel, but the Raid Two, Raid Two, man. It just like I was going down the list and I saw that and I was like, I don't know that any like that movie has. If anything's earned a right for me to be excited about its follow up, it's the Raid. Yeah. I want to see people get kicked in the face. That's. Did you notice that the trailer seems to stop just short of showing you horrible things happening to a few people? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it'll end like a frame before something bad might happen like to that. somebody's face. But mm. another movie that's coming out in March, which I think we should at least follow up on because we talked a little bit about the Kickstarter campaign uh, about it last year. But Veronica Mars, yeah, is actually coming out. Have you guys seen the trailer for that? I have. No. What do you think? If you, I feel like if you like Veronica Mars, the trailer looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a real movie, kind of. It does, yeah. Like, there's elements that make it look real, but I, that's what I made my wife watch it just because I was like, she was a fan of the show, yeah. and I was like, doesn't it look like the show? And she was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, it looks like they probably did a really good thing, Yeah. You know? Some part of me was afraid it was going to not feel real, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but what, but well, I'd like to also say that a film, a real film that I funded is premiering at Sundance. Oh, yeah, really? The Wish You Were Here, uh... Zach Braff films. I'm just saying. Just okay. Saying. That looks real as well. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> wow. Well, no, I, I, I mean, that's me movies, pointing man. out my own ignorance. Like, thinking, no, like, no, because totally. they raised money on Kickstarter, that somehow it's going to, like, everything's going to look like it was colored in crayon no, or something. Yeah. But no, it's like, <laughs> five million was plenty of money to make a Veronica Mars movie. No, totally, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. And it is fun to see those those characters back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, but it, but it is hard to say that movie looks like a great movie. It looks like a fun time, and it might be. It and might, that that might, might be all it needs to be, though. Yeah. You know, and I th- and you know, honestly, they have so much planned for that. Yeah, they're gonna have a spinoff TV series. There's gonna be way more than just this. Five or a series dollar. of films or whatever. Like they could it's easily be, turn this yeah. into something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a it's a longer. I and I think the other thing about that is that it's like it's fun to see that everyone involved really likes playing in that world. I think yeah, that's the thing that yep, kind of, yep. and, and it's kind of infectious to see the trailer and to kind of like the the concept of them going to a reunion. It's almost like too perfect, but it, yeah. And and I did always like that Veronica Mars had a hard time at high school and that she was not that popular and that yeah. even though she was like the smartest person there, she didn't have that many friends. It's it's fun to have that kind of iconoclastic <sighs> sarcastic character who really has a very small circle of people that she that she gives time to you know so veronica mars it's april isn't it yeah my my pick for april was gonna be uh what actually looks really fucking good 
and maybe this maybe this will start my year off better than last year in terms of when the good movies start. Uh, it's actually a film called Dom Hemi- Hemingway. Yep. Um, Jude Law. It looks good. I, I like Jude, Jude Law a lot. I like him a I lot, I like too. cocky, rough and tough, dirty as fuck Jude Law. He looks like he's having a, a, he a ton of fun is, in this movie, too. He is having a blast. You know, he's a safe cracker getting out of jail going after money that was taken from him or mm-hmm. owed to him for going to jail. Damien Bashir is in it, who I, I really like. He, it's always a sign of a heartwarming film when they have a criminal whose crime is kind of like, ah, safe cracker. You know? <laughs> he's not like, he didn't abduct any children. He yeah. didn't rape anybody. Yeah. didn't cut anybody's parts off. He's just a safe, he's just a good old, he's, he's just, just a safe just cracker. Just your neighborhood safe cracker, you know? Heart of gold. Uh, but, but the heart of gold piece yeah. comes in, in in terms of trying to like redeem a relationship with his daughter. Played by Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. Ooh. Ugh. Did you see her at the Golden Globes? I did not. It took me <gasps> forever to recognize her without the the, the, shock the trailer. blonde hair, the platinum yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's... Which, speaking of trailers, have you guys seen the trailer for Game of Thrones season four? Yes. Holy fuck. Have either of you guys I, read the books? I can't. No. Yeah. It looks great, but knowing the material they're about to cover, I get like... I'm so anxious nervous? for that because it is the best material in the whole series of the book so far. Wow. It's like the last half of that... You know, because they split the third book into yeah, two seasons, yeah, yeah. and the last half of that book is the most insane crap. Like, if you thought what happened last season was unexpected, really? the stuff that's coming, the aftermath is, Bring it. is nuts. Bring it. Yeah. Maybe this is her year, you know, that, this. Yeah. She's been cast as Sarah Connor, Connor in the Terminator reboot. Uh, oh, wait, is there a movie reboot or a television show being reboot? A movie, okay. movie reboot, yeah. which is going to be... The, see, yeah, they might even... They had the show, I don't know, the Sarah Connor... The Sarah Connor, Connor Chronicles. Chronicles. I didn't realize that that's a tongue really twister. Tongue twister. Never yeah. realized that's a tongue twister. Sarah Connor. <laughs> but yeah, Don Hemingway looks like a blast. He's like... Sarah Connor so... sounds like a kind of skin cancer or something <laughs> like that. You've got a Sarah Connor on your... There's feet. so many conflicting things it looks like from this trailer that it could be an awesome train wreck to watch. Yeah. Like, it's just like former criminal trying to get a relationship with his daughter but still partying and drinking drugs and just being like probably yeah. an asshole. Mm-hmm. It just looks great. It looks really good. I love the scene in the trailer where he's like, I don't use guns. Oh, he's like, have you ever used a gun for hunting for or hunting. something? And he's like, no. And then he lists all the things. He's like, I only used. use it for, like, whatever he says, yeah. like, like holding somebody up or, and pistol whipping them. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and he just goes on with, like, ten things that a gun's used for. The last things that anybody yeah. else in the world would ever use, you know. It's... Well, they released a, an image a few months ago of just him sitting in a chair staring the, at... And it's like, just that image, like... I knew from that image, like, yeah. oh, that 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 image says it all. And then seeing the trailer, it really, it's like, it's just one of those times where an actor's playing a character, and I really do think the energy of that character it becomes the energy of the film, kind of, mm-hmm. you know? And it looks like he's going to be a, an entertaining character to spend some time with, so. Definitely. And do we, is the director to that anybody, again, that we've heard of? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, God, what's his name? He did, like, uh, he actually did a TV series. What was it called? Um. Oh, about the fashion. Oh, my God, I feel horrible. Richard Shepard's the director. Oh, man, I just blanked out on you guys. What's that TV series called? Ugly Betty. He did oh, Ugly Betty. I like the Ugly Betty. He did um, of some episodes of Girls. I mean, he did a lot of TV. I mean, I don't know what he's done film-wise, but this is like the first film he's done in like the last seven or eight years, I think. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Richard Shepard, I'm not familiar with him, to be honest with you. But, man, this movie looks... Looks fun. It really does, and and it kind of looks like it has like a nice style to it as well. Yeah, like the shots in the trailer, like when when they get into the accident, like the slow mo of him mm-hmm. like flying forward and just like 
just looks it almost looks like trashy, which just looks yeah. Fun there's to something me. about it that does seem a little scuzzy, but I do think that's what I kind of mean about the personality of the character yeah. being the personality of the film. I think yeah. you're supposed to sort of like feel like you're slumming with a with a character like that. Yeah. What you got for April Ronald? Uh, Captain America. Cool. And I think I picked that just because I want to believe that this is going to be a good movie. I think it looks really. Good. I have it pe- picked because I had that and Dom, and you chose Dom. But there was those are the only two movies yeah. I would even consider sure. seeing. But I feel like it looks. I don't think there's any reason to not say this movie with the elements. That trailer looks good. It could be good. I just. I mean, I'm willing to believe that it could be really good. But based on Iron Man three and Thor: Dark World, I'm also not going to be too surprised if if it feels like. Again, like we've said, the concern would be with all these Marvel movies. Are they just kind of keeping the wheels spinning? Do they really have a, an, a great idea for a movie each time out? Or is the impressive thing just that they're continuing to lay these bricks out, in yeah. place? But this looks like an interesting movie. And I think the the, the government angle, the, the shield angle, I think that is something that's interesting and tied more to the mythos that feels like it might be more engaging in a weird way because it's a little more grounded. Yeah. Like, I love fantasy stuff, but I don't know how much I was able to buy into some of the elements in Thor. That's what... And, and this yeah. looks like, it feels more grounded, but it also feels like it's got, like, a real story to it. I don't know why I've, I've, I've got I've got a good feeling about this one. And that's slightly what, like, worries me Even about... Even though it's got the shitty Ryan Reynolds in it. It's, uh... Shitty Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> that's kind of what worries me a little bit about, like, a little bit out, but about Guardians of the Galaxy. Like... Mm-hmm. What what bothered me, or not bothered me, but what like took me out of Thor: Dark World a little bit was just how much of the like galaxy stuff there was, or like the other realm stuff. But and I felt the same way watching the Captain America trailer, just like a little more grounded. And not that I'm like bring it back to the USA or anything. Well, it's just like you know, it's like let me see the the physical piece of it. And, you know, well, like my thing, like I want to see that fantasy stuff, but I want to see them give it the same development. Oh, they're sure. giving other things and I think that would be my problem with Thor Dark Elves get mentioned and they get thrown in and then you're just yeah. supposed to take it I I think that with Guardians of the Galaxy one of the things that might might help that is that they're going to get to delve into it and the whole point of Guardians of the Galaxy is look at this I don't know if you've seen like the the image they've released mm-hmm. it's like all the it's like it's a it's a weird bunch of characters sure. you're going to be asked to believe in a, a talking tree a talking raccoon, raccoon yeah. uh, like a couple of alien species it's like there's a lot of stuff I feel like if they if James Gunn has an idea about how to master that tone and kind of introduce you to this world I could see the lack of groundedness being kind of refreshing Okay, but at the same time uh, yeah it's hard to know it's hard to know especially from that clip that scene with Benicio Del Toro the Del Toro that was at the end of uh, yeah. Thor, Thor where it's like yeah. it was so campy and it's like I don't want to see two hours of that you know <laughs> but I don't think that's going to be the oh, case no. I heard that they shot that under the gun and it was not really you know, not really made to look like the rest of the movie, but yeah. that that one scene has me more worried about the tone of Guardians of the Galaxy than just the fact that it's fantasy. Sure. But it is going to be a lot for like audiences that were on board with a guy putting on a mechanical suit in Iron Man are going to have a lot to to buy into with uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. But yeah, yeah, Captain America looks fun. I think Anthony, I'm also looking forward to seeing Anthony Mackie. Yeah. He's playing a character like called Anthony the Falcon uh, from the comics. It's there's something exciting about like I I'm, I want to see the scene where he jumps off the helicarrier and shoots his wings out and flies off like part of me is like those little geek orgasms that you get I'm, <laughs> I'm prepared for that to be cool but yeah there's no there's no way to know like yeah. they're they're good at making these trailers look good they are really good at it wow that was four months right there yeah that was four months bring may on guys yeah, Come on. yeah. for real i know <laughs> i don't know actually like you know we were just talking like i feel like i'm always a victim of hype 
maybe like you know maybe maybe there will be a couple gems that come out that you don't yeah. even really know about you're just like eh, well, let's go see this this weekend and it's like I have a feeling that they're, you know, I feel like Cheap Thrills, the, the, a couple of my picks, I'm going to end up probably liking quite a bit. But Well, Cheap Thrills has got a lot of buzz, the festival yeah. buzz coming off of it. And I do think, and again, uh, I think the entertainment value, that looks like one of those where the entertainment value and the kind of riskiness are going hand in hand. Yeah. So I could see that being a lot of fun. And I, yeah, I have a lot of trust in, in the raid too oh, as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I completely forgot that. That, that looks awesome. But. And my boy Wes Anderson. I, I believe, This looks like a good one, but again, I... I'll see it. Yeah, I'll yeah. see it. Um, yeah, so that's well, January. Well, you'd be sitting there the whole time thinking, like, oh, fuck, this. I bet fucking Walker loves this. John is eating this with a silver Let, fucking You'll see spoon. me over there going, oh, oh it's so good. <laughs> Bill Murray. You hold up a little little sign, like, saying what you're thinking so yeah, I right. know it. Yeah, right. Total Wes Anderson move. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so happen. January through April. That's a quick episode, guys. You're mm. welcome for that. That's yeah. making up for last week's epic end of year episode yeah um but the next one your ears are still sore from that episode but the next one trips digits the next one is we don't even know yet trips digits. we are working on something special Mm. yeah we don't know what it will be oh wow the next one but it's gonna start with a one and end with a zero zero and it's gonna involve a shovel and andy warhol's grave all right we now have a plan right so we're gonna go with that plan now that was an option, but you just you remember confer- rattle so, me bones. So plan B gonna... is the plan we're going to go. Okay, with. okay. Dig up Andy Warhol <laughs> <laughs> live on a podcast. It's never been done before, and that's some our, say that's our, that's our some say never again to be done. <laughs> I've heard someone say that you can only dig up Andy Warhol on a part on a podcast once. Right. It, after that, it's just gimmicky at that point. Yeah, I thought that was a strange thing when someone told me that. Yeah. But <laughs> people are assholes. Yeah, I don't even know what a podcast was then. <laughs> I was just a kid. There were beepers. No, there were no beepers. There, there may have been beepers. Someone was someone was carrying a beeper, a but doctor. it was probably like as big as mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was book sized. Mm. But yeah, so we're closing out the '90s, and it's like we've talked about the 100 so much. You know, when it gets here, we'll you know a couple weeks from now we'll just be saying it's 101, and we're here to talk about. Hello, uh, starting over. We're here to talk about that <laughs> awkward moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, stay tuned. Episode stay tuned. 100. If you've been listening to us that long, preemptively, we would like to thank you. Yeah. Thank and you. stick around for it, because we're going to make it a fun one. So, oh, yeah. Uh, hit us up, moviespeavy.net. Email us if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes. We are always open to your suggestions. And we've actually gotten a couple you know, listener emails and call-ins for some cool topics that we actually might cover in the new year. So, nice. Um, just uh, keep talking to us, guys, and we'll, uh, we'll keep doing the same. As always, you've made our day. Take care. <laughs> Bye.